Saying yes to life, even in its strangest and hardest problems. The will to life, rejoicing over its own inexhaustibility, even in the very sacrifice of its highest types. This is what I call Dionysian. This is what I understood as the bridge to the psychology of the tragic poet. Not in order to get rid of terror and pity, not in order to purge oneself of a dangerous effect by its vehement discharge, but in order to be oneself the eternal joy of becoming beyond all terror and pity. That's a quote by Frederick Nietzsche, as taken from a new book that I'm reading, a biography on Jim Morrison of The Doors, and it's called No One Here Gets Out Alive, and it's written by a couple of cats named Jerry Hopkins and Danny Sugarman. Now, I'm only partway through the book, but it's inspired me to revisit my Doors collection and actually get into the music and take that journey, because that was one of the things that stood out for me um, thus far in reading about Jim Morrison, is it, and, you know, they were they weren't act. They were so, there was such a a different act from all the different scenes that were going on at the time. So they didn't quite fit in um, with the various different subgenres of music that were taking place um, during the Doors' heyday. And uh, one of the things that struck me um, as intense was Morrison looking at their concerts as not just concerts. They were. For him, they were part ritual, part performance, part journey. So he wanted to take people on a, a, a journey, a long journey into self and soul. And what was interesting last night, I was driving to um, to go see the new Bond film. And uh, my daughter cranked up. She goes, man, this seems like the longest uh, drive ever. It's never taken us this long to get to the movies, why is it taking so long? And I had the doors uh, cranking uh, since we had left the house and then the realization came from both uh, her and, and Ruth was that it was because of the music. And what they found is that the music seemed to go on forever is what they said. It's like, it's because of this music, it doesn't seem to ever end. And that to me was like, yeah, you know what, when you really get in and you're listening to the Doors track, like the end, um, you go on this real inner um, journey, and it's haunting, like the end, the end is a very haunting song, if you, you know, put your headphones on and sit back and really uh, journey in with the music, um, it's quite, can be quite terrifying if you really listen to it, and I know it's easy to say, um, hey, it's only rock and roll, um, so relax, <laughs> You know, don't take it so seriously, but actually, um, there is a level where you say, yes, it's just music, it's just rock music, but there's a whole other level when you allow yourself to feel the music, the beat, the rhythm, and get into that sort of trance-like state, and then couple that with the words, and then those words build images in your mind, you go on a um, an inward journey of discovery, in, in a sense, and I don't mean to be over dramatic about it but um just reading this book and doing exactly that sitting back down with the doors in my head phones and just clearing my mind of everything else that's going on and just really taking that ride with the rhythm if you've ever done any stuff with sort of shamanism one of the you know instruments 
besides the sort of psychotropic drugs, um, a natural way of getting into that shamanic state, as it were, was through rhythm, using the big drum. And, you know, on some of these experimentations I've done with the shamanic drums, it's quite interesting because everyone gets into the rhythm with the drum as it's beating and it gets your brain waves in the same rhythm as the drum and everybody's kind of in that rhythm and you get into that sort of trans-like state and I think the same happens um, you know listening to um, some of these Doors tracks like The End like Riders on the Storm you know Riders on the Storm itself is a 7 minute long track The End is an 11 minute long track um, Light My Fire is a 7 minute long track so quite um, long pieces of music and you get into the the rhythm of it all, and then the words will come in, and then you find yourself back into the rhythmic state, and you're really transed out. So try it sometimes. If you get an opportunity today or tomorrow, or, or sometime, get some doors in the tape in your um, CD player. I would CD player. Listen to me, sounding all old on your iPod, which I'm sure most people are some form of MP3 player that they have, and uh, just mellow out with some doors and the headphone and really connect with the rhythm, connect with the words and just take that sort of ride. The book, um, it's some really interesting read learning about Jim Morrison and uh, you know he was, while he was big with the music he considered himself to be a poet, that's what he wanted to be known for, he wanted to be known as a, a, a poet. There was a t-shirt I saw in the um, HMV that said that it's got Jim Morrison's pictures and it's like the American poet and that's what he wanted to be to be um, known as so he's quite a deep fellow I know he was quite an extreme fellow as well and with all the sort of drugs and the drink and but all of it for him to sort of push the boundaries push the edge there was one story that was quite funny I found um, when I was reading the book in his early days with him and his brother and his sister they were on this toboggan and uh, his brother was in his front, his younger brother was in the front, uh, sister in the middle, and he was in the back. And they started tearing down this really big hill. And they had picked up quite a lot of speed, but noticed that they were headed towards a cabin and was wanting to bail. But Jim held them back because he had the reins. So he held them in place so he wouldn't let them kind of bail off of the toboggan. Um, and then just as they were nearing the cabin, it was his dad, I think, stepped in and, and stopped them from crashing into this, this the um, into the cabin. And uh, so the, the little brother, I think his brother was Andy, um, was shell-shocked, crying, tears. Um, the sister wasn't happy, and they were saying that they wanted to bail, but um, you know, Jim kept them firmly in the toboggan. And for him, he was just like... You know, it was a great trip is basically what he said. So he seemed to be, even as a young kid, um, pushing the extremes, you know, taking, seeing, seeing where, um, going where that known point is and trying to go into the unknown. In fact, that's, and there's a, a poem or a saying that's floated around that says there's um, things that are known and things unknown and in between are the doors. Now, some people have attributed that, that um, quote to William Blake 
um, others to the doors, and that's you know, where they got the name from. Um, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, Jim Morrison was heavy into Blake and Nietzsche and all these kind of guys. Um, but yeah, always pushing that boundary between the known and the unknown, which in a sense is a good good place to be because you can get kind of complacent in your sort of comfort zone, isn't it? So you know if you do this thing, you're going to get this result. So we're always trying to keep that protective bubble, that, that comfort zone, as they call it, because um, as unpredictable as life really is, we want to feel like we can predict it and control it. We want to know that um, when I get in the car and go on, you know, driving off to work or whatever, that I'm going to get to the other end. That things are pretty much going to be the same from one day to the next day. I think it's what helps us keep us sane, but at the same time it helps keep us sane. Um, it also makes us stagnant. So if you're never sort of pushing the boundaries, pushing the edge, trying to extend your known into the unknown, then you stop growing, really. And you do get very comfortable and you do get very stagnant. And then, you know, for me, I think, well... You know, it kind of makes life not that exciting if it's that predictable that you know what's going to happen tomorrow before tomorrow even gets here because you're going to pretty much just do the same thing day in and day out. Um, and that's just a sort of a, a rhythm that's not not very good to be in. Um, so, yes, yeah, so The Doors, if you aren't a fan of The Doors... Um, go ahead and do something a little bit different step out of the comfort zone and explore some doors if you are a fan of the doors I recommend you get your doors tapes out again or CDs, tapes, see them yeah. your mp3s <laughs> get your mp3s out and get them in your iPods iPhones uh, and take a little, a little trip with some of these great iconic tracks um, like the end and the Unknown Soldier and When the Music's Over, those are like my fire, great tracks, uh, Crystal Ship, you know, I'm just looking down this playlist and it's just like, wow, you just get into that, this one, the Crystal Ship, awesome stuff, okay, well I've got to go, so I'm getting ready to take a little trip myself down to Worcester for the uh, Worcester Film Festival, and uh a couple of friends of mine have a short film in it called Eve, and I actually appear in there as a little spot. I have my little two minutes um, in the film as well, so I'll be putting on my shades and trying to keep the crowds off me from signing autographs for my dynamic performance as a DJ um, in the film Eve. If this is local to you, i.e. you're in the UK and you're near um, Worcester, near enough to Worcester, I believe their film, the film will be about 3.40, 3.45 or somewhere along that lines. But I'm going to take off now um, because we've got some interviews to do for the radio beforehand. So I'm going to head out that way. And I'm going to be listening to my Doors track as I'm driving down. And probably a nice fitting one for me to listen to to start off with is Riders on the Storm, considering that it's uh, quite a grey and rainy day today. Okay, that's me, Audio Boo number four, uh, Audio Mo 
number four. And um, until tomorrow. <laughs>